This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here hosting this program for you as I do every Sunday evening along here with my board op, Matt, who always does a a bang-up job on the show, uh, I might say. And uh, I want Matt to weigh in on this next subject. Uh, We're going to be talking about a lot of different subjects tonight. Uh, The joy of intimacy after a diagnosis of cancer. Um, along with why I do what I do and uh, why sex is good for you. Also, sexual styles. What's yours? I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. There's lots of different ones out there, you know, and that's important in terms of chemistry um, and lots of other subjects as well and your emails also. But uh, this particular one, because I know, Matt, you have a dog and um, women confess They prefer to snuggle with a pet rather than their partner. A study has found that women prefer to snuggle in bed with a cat or dog instead of their partner. And this was 54% of women preferred cuddles from their pet. Only 38% of men said they would rather snuggle with pets rather than their other half. Uh, And I know you have a dog. And so um, what's the QT on the... (laughs) Well, Hamish um, definitely does sleep in bed with me. <laughs> okay, true confessions there. Yeah, um, but the thing is, not all night. It's usually just a treat. Like, if it's in the morning and I'm sleeping and I don't have to go to work, then right. I'm like, you know what? If you leave me alone for a little bit longer, you can come into bed with me. Oh, okay, that's nice. Yeah, but, you know, this thing about preferring the the pet over the partner, you know, there's some merit there. The pet doesn't ask for any money, doesn't want anything from you, doesn't uh, need anything from you, is... You're always greeted with love and affection. Is that uh, the case for you and Hamish, Matt? Well, there's nobody else in my life, so Hamish is the number one. (laughs) Hamish is it. Okay. This survey of 1,000 British pet owners split evenly between men and women. So 500 men, 500 women revealed that 54% of women preferred cuddles from their pet. What do you... um, what do you do? Do you snuggle with your pet? I don't even want to say how my pet sleeps <laughs> with me. It's not even a with. My Sophie sleeps on me, and I don't care. Like I like that weight um, on uh, on the leg. She's right in there, like completely. She burrows. I call her the burrowing beagle. Um, but uh, anyway prefer the pet to the partner? I don't think so. Um, But a lot of people do that. But you know what? There are ups and downs in relationships. And at times you just think all you want is that wagging tail at the door. Somebody doesn't want anything from you. Maybe a walk, maybe a bit of food. Um, One in 10 pet owners admitted that they secretly loved their pet more than their partner. You know, pets are there (laughs) supporting us through everything. They support you through illness they are loyal to the nth degree. I can I can see this. They don't give you any trouble. There's no talking back. There's no argument. There's no approval. You don't have to, you know, do anything for them, basically. Even the most perfect relationship have relationships have, of course, bad days, rough patches, so you can understand how women might love their pets just that little bit more after a disagreement, especially with their partner. So pets are very important in our lives. When I was growing up, I uh, lived next door to a Jewish family, and he he was an immigrant, or his father was an immigrant, actually. And they came over and started dry cleaning businesses, and he became quite successful. But they, you know, it was not easy. I remember 
the him telling our family that he would have to guard his dry cleaning business, which was located in the rougher sections around the city of Boston, um, with he'd have to guard it at night with a gun. You know, like he would have to um, really protect these businesses because he would get robbed all the time. And so I remember his grandfather saying, or his father saying, the grandfather in the family, I. In my next life, I want to come back as a North American dog. They get treated so well. You know, of course, we buy sweaters for them. Well, I don't. But some people buy sweaters for them and booties and Christmas presents. And, um, you know, they have basically these, these, their pet holidays, you know, when you need to board your pet. Some people bring their pets to the vet. Not me. (laughs) I honestly, in the two dogs that we've had, I brought the, I, poked my head in to the vet and said, my dog's been attacked by porcupines. Can I get an appointment? And I had to. And um, and she said, do yourself a favor, go over and get some Benadryl. Pull him out and go get some Benadryl. Or it was wasps. No, the dog had been attacked by porcupine. I forgot that. I took those needles out myself. I am a nurse. The next time, it was wasps. And I thought, oh, you know, attacked by wasps. I have to bring her in now. Him. It was Marvin. Marvelous Marvin. And she said, do yourself a favor, Go to the drugstore, pick up some Benadryl. I said, what's the dosage? She said, just follow exactly the instructions. So I really never spent a penny in 13 and a half years on Marvelous Marvin. Um, and Sophie, uh, Sophie, she hasn't knock on wood either. But she's been hit by a car. <laughs> and she didn't even have to go to the vet. Um, because there's a part of me that's just like, humans need medical care, not dogs. So um, I, the antithesis of my my neighborhood growing up, I guess. But uh, anyway, we love our dogs. That's it. Sometimes that that you you need somebody who doesn't snore or burp or leave the bathroom door open when you're trying to go to sleep and do the business, whatever. Um, so there are um, there are ways definitely that we love our pets and we spend a ton of money on our pets and we pamper them and you know what maybe if you're having some financial issues in your relationship look at how much money you're spending on your pet i'm maureen mcgrath you're listening to the sunday night sex show on news talk 980 cknw welcome back to the sunday night sex show on news talk 980 cknw maureen mcgrath hosting this program for you and only you and uh, i got a couple of emails there um, people saying, I prefer my partner, but uh, he burrows too. Uh, do you burrow? Anyway, I know what you're up to if you do. There's. Uh, I wanted to mention that uh, Hot Flash in the City is returning. We're doing some events uh, around uh, Vancouver, one in North Vancouver at Centennial Theatre on October 11th. That's the first one, and uh, we'll, be sh- we'll be showing the movie Hot Flash Havoc. Also have a cardiologist there and several uh, OBGYNs to talk about uh, vaginal health issues. I'll be there, of course, talking about sexual health. Answer all your questions. It's going to be a great night. Networking. Have lots of uh, people there with products to help you to live a better life and uh, a little bit of a sexier life, perhaps, as well. So it'll be a cocktail party, of course. It's always fun. My parties are always fun. <laughs> anyway, right, Matt? <laughs> oh, I love the women's conference. That was great. That was good. Yeah. So you're just things are getting a little dull. We're having another party. Anyway, hot flash party. So uh, tickets will be on Eventbrite. They're not available just yet, but I will keep you informed. And uh, you probably wonder why I do some of the work that I do. Why do I talk about sex? Why do I talk about sexuality, sexual health? I think it's really important. And you know what? Sex is good for you. It's just an area of health that I find incredibly interesting. And also, I like to change people's lives. I like to make, give, provide people with information to make their lives better. So 
sex is good for you. The dopamine allows for focused attraction to your partner or whomever you're with. Love the one you're with. This is not a night I should sing. Anyway, norepinephrine, there's so many chemicals that are released during sex. Norepinephrine allows for that exhilaration. Testosterone is released in men and a little bit in women, and that is associated with desire in men. Oxytocin is the bonding hormone, and it is a natural tranquilizer. It will help you to sleep. You don't have to have sex with somebody else. You can have sex by yourself. In fact, I had an email from somebody, and he said, I've been masturbating since I was 16. I never want to do this filthy thing again. And I said, unless it's a problem in your life, you know, that you're doing it excessively, masturbation is healthy. It is good for you. He wrote back, thank you. (laughs) That was that. Serotonin is released. It provides a sense of calm. It will help with anxiety. Endorphins reduce pain perception and also increases your immunoglobulin A and so builds your immunity so you can fight infection. So sex is good for you. We have been educated that sex is dirty and bad and painful. It's going to be painful and it can be painful and I'm going to talk about that very shortly. Um, But people will say don't have sex. They try to prevent uh, teenagers from having sex by saying it's just going to hurt. It's just going to hurt. And then often I see women 28 years of age and she's delayed having sex. And guess what? Sex hurts because she's so anxious about it. And so there's little education given. And I think we just need to do a better job around this. And so that's why when problems creep up between the sheets, when not much is going down, down under, um, you people don't know how to talk about their sexual problems. And so I also advise people on people, especially in my clinical practice or you here on the Sunday night sex show, how to talk about this private, difficult, challenging subject that two people come to together, maybe three or maybe four, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, you can have this conversation. And so it's, you really need to start uh, to start this conversation softly and gently. So, keep your end game in mind. Begin with your goal to feel closer and connected to your spouse. Try not to have the anger, the resentment. I see so many men that are so frustrated and and rightly so because they have been deprived of sex from their spouse for any one of a number of reasons. But try to avoid that. Try to think I'm going to approach this from a place of gentleness. So if you want to, if you, you're having, bringing you know, having spicing up your life, shall we say. So say you want to spice up your life. That's your goal. Uh, you want to, you don't want to purchase any sex advice books or buy any sex toys without having this discussion with your partner. Many men are threatened by sex toys. Last week we heard from a woman who said she and her friend who she purchased the womanizer for, the clitoral suckling device, they actually have a new lipstick one I saw. Um, I haven't been able to get my hands on it yet, but when I do, I'll tell you how it is. Don't you worry. Um, just remember that. Uh, so that's their latest. It's a clitoral suckling device. Now it's just going to be so accessible. Put it in your handbag. Just go into the bathroom. You're on a bad date. Just head on into the bathroom. Anyway, I checked them all out in the city, <laughs> what they're like. There's some great bathrooms around. Nonetheless, I digress. Okay. You want to talk about one another about your, you talk with each other about your expectations, your fears, your desires, your fantasies, your ideas, your concerns. If you have sexual pain, discuss that. If you're nervous, if you're worried about a particular area of your body, many women are like, I never want to touch my breasts or, or Men will say, she won't let me touch her breast. She won't let me touch her bottom. She won't let me touch different parts. We have to have sex with the lights off. We have to have sex, you know, at certain times.
hormones. We can't have it in the morning. It's good to have sex in the morning. Testosterone levels are highest in the morning before 10 a.m. So that's good to have it in the morning. And guess what? You can have a shower afterward. You can go off to work with a great mood, more focused. Um, you're... Um, you can be more relaxed. You can go in with a sense of calm. So it's uh, it's a great idea. AM sex is um, for second only to afternoon delight. Uh, that's another one that I recommend. Um, so don't be afraid to talk about what you like sexually, what pleases you, and what you don't like. And your comfort level and the comfort level of your partner is is crucial to a satisfying sex life. So this isn't one conversation. This may be a number of conversations. This may be exploration over time. This may be a gentle approach. Um, and also, you want to talk about your sexual styles. All couples have a sexual style. All people have a sexual style or, or a sexual mood at some point uh, during the relationship. And so your style can change. Uh, You can become, uh, you can go from one to the next. It doesn't always stay the same. Um, There is a a fun style or a funny style or a lively style. And this is when you can laugh and tease one another in bed. And it's, it's sex is about having fun together. It's always a light and playful undertone. I was watching a movie this week and um, the, this couple, he was married and then he met another woman. And of course, always um, the sex is better. But I just thought, you know, they were so playful in their, um, it was called Maggie's Plan was the name of the movie. Um, and they were very playful in this particular scene, and it just, you know, would just lighten your heart. Uh, there's also a spiritual style of sex, and this is a union of mind, body, and soul. It reflects your deep appreciation of being with one another. So it's gratitude. You are not groaning. You are grateful. It can. It is created by noticing the small moments uh, in your lives and being appreciative. Being grateful is the antidote to anything, especially this particular sexual style, which is a style of anger. This is making love when you are furious with each other. It's that makeup sex is often sort of angry, can be angry sex. And this style can, surprisingly enough, be very healing for a lot of people. But you want to make sure that your problems, your discussion are eventually talked out and resolved. A lot of people don't want to have sex when they're angry. Um, but some people do, and it can, with all of those neurotransmitters and chemicals that are released, can make you feel physically better and in better position to talk about your issues. The lusty style is wicked and flirty. You may be giving each other seductive looks. This is the sort of that quickie one. This is that sex can happen anytime, anywhere. It's that joy of having sex for the sake of having sex. Then we have the tender style. And as I said, you can go from tender to anger to lusty, you know, try different styles even. You might want to try them on, see what's comfortable for you. So the tender style is romantic. It's healing sex. It involves touching each other and massaging one another and using oils and and really serving one another, maybe bringing candies into the bedroom or chocolates or whipped cream or, or things like that, bringing different sensations, bringing different scents and um, having candles lit in the room. And you are you're into the sensations of sex and you are focused on giving the, your partner pleasure. And that is your main focus. And then there are 
there's always the fantasy style. And that's a collaboration between both of you experimenting and, and talking about your fantasies and your desires and your needs and what feels good. And sharing your personal sexual fantasies with one another. Um, you want to honor each other in this and make sure that each is comfortable with this. So it's been said, good lovers are made, not born. If you want your sexual relationship to be all it can be, you should take the time to talk with each other. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Can you believe we've been talking about sex for an hour and a half already? <laughs> well, there have been some commercial breaks. Um, I want to mention again that uh, you can call us, 604-280-9898, if you like, if you have any questions, if you dare. Um, no, I welcome all callers. I love to talk, obviously. Why do you think my voice is, is um, <laughs> a little raspy tonight? Couldn't be from anything else. Um, I'm having an event in uh, North Vancouver on October 11th, Hot Flash in the City. So do come out. It'll be a great fun event, great networking event, and also learn about uh, women's health. Also, we always talk about men's health at these events as well. Um, men are welcome to these to come to these events also. And you might meet somebody there. You could. It could be a nice little place to to uh, meet. There'll be all women there. They might be having hot flashes and night sweats and bad moods and hearts <laughs> hearts palpitating and dry vaginas. But, you know, aside from that, <laughs> they won't all be like that. Only 80% of women have that. Um, <laughs> first of all, I am going to talk a little bit about that because I did get a question <clears throat> from somebody about that, but I'm going to talk about uh, the big O, something we don't talk about quite often enough. And women are not educated about pleasure. That's well known. Women are educated to service men, uh, honestly, quite frankly, or um, not. T- it's not discussed at all. Um, it's women, you know, it's just amazing. I mean, a lot of the work that I do in my clinical practice is women in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and they don't have very little understanding of the female sexual response cycle. They have very little understanding of what's going on. There was one woman who had a good understanding of what was going on. She was like 71 years old, and she looked 48, honestly. And I said, okay, sister, you know, give us a secret. What, what's the secret that you look you know, 30 years younger than you are? And she said, and, and I thought that this was just going to be the answer, but then she carried on. She said, having sex. And I thought, she's singing my song. And she said, having sex with younger men. And I said, oh, cool. how much younger? One was 17 years younger and the other was 22 years younger. That ought to do it. Anyway, um, you know, she, honestly, she was radiant. She looked fantastic. She looked a lot younger. And they do say that you'll look on average seven years younger. If you have sex only twice a week, that's all you have to have sex is twice a week. You don't have to have it with anybody else. You can have it with yourself. Have I said that before? I think I have. But it's way more fun with somebody else. And you actually release more of the neurochemicals like the dopamine and the and the norepinephrine and the serotonin and the testosterone when you are with somebody else. So penile vaginal intercourse is um, the way to go. Uh, so a lot of women will um, masturbate or self-stimulate or use a sex toy, but they won't have sex with their husbands who they've been having, who they've been with for, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever. So, which is also interesting. They will proclaim low sexual desire 
And oftentimes it's just low sexual desire for the one they're with. But anyway, that's another segment. So now we're going to focus on the orgasm. Um, the orgasm is uh, elusive for, for a lot of women. A lot of women don't know if they've ever had one. A lot of women have never had one. Um, and many women have them. Those are the fortunate ones. But there are things, but a lot of women kind of figure it out on their own. So that's, hence this education. There are three types of female orgasm. Did you know that, Matt, that there were three types? He's shaking his head no. <laughs> See, Matt learns here. If no one else does, Matt does. Did you know that there were three types of orgasms? Trip to Hawaii if you call in. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> nope, time's up. Eh. It's vaginal, clitoral, and blended orgasms. So those are the three types of the female orgasm. So men don't take that long to finish. They say two to 10 minutes, but it's typically like one to two minutes. Okay, let's get real, guys. Most guys, I get so many emails about what do I do about my premature ejaculation? Is there medication? Um, so a lot of guys have, and it's, it's typically performance anxiety. It typically is an issue in the brain for the, for the men. They're nervous. They're fearful, whatever. Um, they're not the most confident either, you know. But on, on average, according to research, a man needs two to 10 minutes to experience an orgasm. Um, and on average, a woman takes about 20 minutes to experience orgasm. And so this is why, you know, this is why a lot of women, they're so tired, they can't give that 20 minutes they, of their body because it takes, you know, activity. It's foreplay and there's afterplay and there's a lot of play here and a lot of women are get themselves exhausted and don't make sex important. So many women can actually think to an orgasm. They don't even have to have sex. They Actually, the brain is that powerful that women can sit back, fantasize, and voila. And that is absolutely 100% true. The more secure a woman feels in her relationship, the more likely she is to experience an orgasm. So the closer, the happier, the, the conflicts that have been resolved, the trust, and you know, finances related to trust. If you're spending in a relationship or your partner is spending and they're not telling you about their gambling habit or their, what they're spending on and you may not trust them, that can actually interfere with your ability to experience an orgasm. As I said, the orgasm happens in the brain and is felt in the genitalia. The brain sends pleasure signals to the genitalia. And that is why the other re thing that's so important about experiencing orgasm is being mindful. And that's why mindfulness cognitive behavioral therapy is key to increasing satisfying sexual events and increasing pleasure for you. For about 50% of women, their first orgasm is experienced while masturbating. That's why self-exploration is key. And 75% of women need clitoral stimulation to be able to experience orgasm. And it's all about blood flow as well for women sex. So that's why pelvic floor exercise is important. And they do increase your chances of reaching an orgasm. So make sure your pelvic floor is indeed strong and do your... Kegel exercises, you do one set three times a day to start, one set of five, and what you want to do is, you do it with me. <laughs> Matt, come on. 
Do it with me. Squeeze. Squeeze. And this is how you do it. To the count of three. Okay, say you're sitting next to the prime minister at dinner, the hot one that we have now. And you're, because um, when I used to say, do this in my clinical practice, and they, and Stephen Harper was in, they'd be like, I'd let one rip if Stephen Harper was sitting next to me. These were guys. Anyway, because Kegel exercises are important for men too, not just for women. It'll increase your, your, um, Erection function. It'll help with the erection function, help with blood flow, help a lot of things. So you squeeze two, three, hold two, three, release two, three. Squeeze two, three, the muscle that prevents you from passing gas. That's the proper way to do Kegel exercises. So if you want to increase your chance of reaching an orgasm, make sure you tend to your Kegel exercises every day. And that will help with some other things as well. Those are for other segments, though. Um, and so, and, and also just remember all of those tips that I gave you and be mindful. Think of your, that means not think of your shopping list, not think of what color you're going to paint the ceiling. You think of your genitalia. You focus on what your clitoris looks like. You focus on what your labia looks like. You focus on that area and that will actually increase blood flow and sensation to that area. And you are more likely to experience orgasm. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here. We are bringing up the rear of this program. We are in the final strokes. I had a question about where can a person over the age of 60 meet companions? Well, you know, the way of the world today is online dating, I have to say. And Match.com and eHarmony and all of those dating sites are senior-friendly, if you will, over 60. Um, so that's... It, it can provide plenty of opportunity for a person to explore their potential mates, education, faith, politics, whatever. Um, the other thing is I often recommend political events because they have a lot of men at the political events, and especially the Liberal Party ones are in better suits. <laughs> Not now, maybe. <laughs> maybe there aren't as many. <laughs> but um, going to do not turn down any invitation to any um you know, there was an event out in Port Moody today. The uh, they was dry. There was no cars. The no roads. No no cars on the road. No car day. No car day. That's it. And you know what? A lot of people are going to turn up to that and walk through the streets of Port Moody. Port Moody. You never know who you're going to meet there. So go out to. There's so many events happening. There are tons of events in Whistler this weekend. Tons of events all over. Um, you know, just show up. Go. And and you have to sort of understand men, especially men of that age. I was going to say caliber, um, and uh, we will say caliber. But, you know, the other thing is go for a younger guy. Go for 17 to 22 years younger than you are and, and look younger. Um, but, yeah, at that age, you have to appreciate a man for who he is. They don't think like women, and they were raised a little bit differently than, than the world today. Of course, there are a lot of Renaissance men and forward-thinking men and open-minded men at, of that age and um, over 60 and 70 and 80. Um, but they may have been raised in a different era, in a time where they, you know, masculinity was everything, and they like that you bring out this trait in them. And so they don't want to compete with you either. So if they're competing with you, it's like dating a man for a fifth uh, guy over the age of 60. How old is this? Um, even, even men over the age of 50 probably are, uh, feel they're competing uh, with a woman who's acting too masculine or not bringing out the masculine in, in the guy. 
um, men want to give to you. So I often look around, you know, I, I walk around the city quite a bit. And, you know, I, if someone opens, if a guy opens the door for me, I'm, I will say, oh, chivalry isn't dead, hey? Um, but they tend to, at, older men tend to want to do these things for you and allow them to do that. It makes them happy to please you. They want to be appreciated and thanked, however, so keep that in mind. And don't ever criticize the job a man is doing for you because they are doing their best with good intention. You may be able to do it faster and better, but you know what? That doesn't matter when it comes to love. This also helps a man to feel um, more masculine. So don't emasculate your men by, by being too competent. Never know how to do too much, okay? Um, and leave, you know, when you're online dating, uh, with men over this particular age, don't put all these demands on, on a man. He, it will overwhelm, it'll overwhelm any man, to be honest with you. They dislike the profiles of women who demand nothing less than the finest restaurants or a certain salary or a particular car or living in a particular town. So, you know what? Accept them for who they are. Men are not pet projects. Do not try and change them. You will never be able to change a man, believe you me. And let them know you're interested because men are insecure. Um, men of all ages are insecure. They have been rejected time and time again in many different ways. They may have been rejected in the bedroom multiple times by their wife, you know, former wives at that age. Um, and so they, nobody's been given a date book. So uh, especially after a divorce, they might be more vulnerable. So just, you know, be kind, be nice. Um, and, you know, just, Shake it up a little, shake up your life, look at different places. Um, I wanted to mention that there was a, a another email. Oh, I did get another email that I did want to read. Uh, what do you do if your husband is more the romantic style, but you want lust or something a little more carnal? <laughs> okay. it's Typically, it's like the woman who's the more romantic and the man is a little bit more uh, carnal, shall we say. Um, you know what? You got to talk about it and that's okay. And maybe you become a bit more romantic and, and he becomes a little bit more carnal. Maybe he's a little bit insecure about taking that on, or maybe he's nervous of how you will feel about it. Maybe he's had these thoughts. So that's why having conversation, talking about it is vitally important. Um, so I had this, uh, Facebook message from a guy and he said, is this, is is this true or not? He didn't. He's is this true or is this BS? Anyway, so I said, well, the title is BS, and the title was, "Vaginas absolutely need sex, or they'll become medically depressed." And then there was another title called, "Vaginas absolutely need sex, or they'll waste away." So I said to him, "The title is BS, shall we say? The condition used to be called vaginal atrophy. The more current and inclusive term is GSM or genitourinary syndrome of menopause." That said, there are many reasons for vaginal dryness that can lead to the associated symptoms. Stress can lead to vaginal dryness. The oral contraceptive pill medications are some of the are a few of the reasons. Perimenopause, menopause. Many women are distressed distressed by low sexual desire, but most women are not. To be honest with you, many sexually active women who experience GSM cannot have sex, or it may take longer for the female sexual response to cycle. In other words, it will take longer than the twenty minutes. Um, on average, that it takes a woman to experience an orgasm. And the female sexual response cycle is typically desire, arousal, uh, lubrication, excitement, plateau, orgasm, and resolution. 
Desire doesn't always have to come first. That's why we take a page out of Nike's book. Just do it. And if you're enjoying it, getting aroused, lubricated, and you you start to have desire, you want to continue, we call that responsive desire, and that's healthy as well. Many people with GSM cannot have sex um, at all because it is too painful, and they don't realize that there are many treatments for this condition, um, and believe me, vaginas won't waste away. They may become dry and atrophy, hence the name vaginal atrophy. They may dry up a bit, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't, um, that it can't be treated. Uh, it's better to treat it early. Um, self-stimulation or sex may be helpful because lubrication increases due to the blood flow, but it's not sustainable. And it's not something that you can use to treat vaginal dryness or vaginal atrophy. So you want to use a personal moisturizer. What I recommend is Gynatroph, which is available at London Drugs. It's on the shelf, uh, G-Y-N-A-T-R-O-F. It's Health Canada approved. There's also Repigyne, which is a suppository. So a Gynatroph is a gel. It can be used during sex as well, which is why I like it um, for women who have vaginal dryness. And also the Repigyne is a suppository that's inserted into the vagina. That is available online only. Um, there's also a laser therapy, a new laser therapy called the Mona Lisa Touch, and that's done in a doctor's office. It's not painful. It takes about five minutes um, to perform. Women need three treatments over about six weeks. And, um, yeah, so those are the, those are the treatments. It's not, um, it, you know, don't be afraid if you have vaginal dryness. It is something to either email me about, quite frankly, nursetalk at hotmail.com. I'll set you straight. There's also low-dose localized estrogen therapy. For women, um, that is where you need a prescription for that. The gynotroph is over the counter. You don't need a prescription for that. Um, so there are many treatment options for you out there. Uh, also, I didn't get to uh, the joy of sexual intimacy after a cancer diagnosis. You know, body image is a big is a big deal with that. And you know, we all suffer from body image issues. And even myself, this week when I was giving that talk, I actually had said to a few friends on Tuesday when I was swimming with them, "I need to lose a bit of weight." And they said, "Oh," I said, "By Thursday." And they said, "That's not going to happen." So they had all this advice. These are good friends. They didn't say, "Oh no, you don't need to." I have been traveling and. I've actually been eating lobsters and, and crab cakes and everything that the East Coast offers. And so anyway, they didn't say, oh, no, you don't need to lose weight. They said, put on the big earrings, show some cleavage, don't let them film you from the breast down. <laughs> all these great tips. Wear red. I took all of their advice and felt a whole lot better than, um, than I would have. But I would have felt a whole lot better had I lost the 10 or 12 pounds that I've gained on vacation. But body image is a big deal. And that's a big deal for people with cancer as well. And I talked about that with a stoma for some people or scars. Um, but there are many ways around that. And um, and so I think I'm going to have to leave that until next week, Matt, because we're out of time. Thank you so much for your great board opping as usual. Remember, uh, the Hot Flash in the City event is tickets will be going on sale soon. Um, we will be, of course, donating a percentage of the sales to a women's uh, initiative, which I haven't actually chosen yet, but I will be. I love to give to Eva BC, Ending Violence Association, British Columbia, because I am completely opposed to violence. I am a peaceful person. I um, also, so that's on October 11th. So hope to see you there at Centennial Theater. It's going to be a blast. We have about 700 people coming, I hope. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at back the number to the bedroom. And remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. Yes, the struggle is real. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.
WCKNW.